I mean, it's unbelievable what he's doing right now. And so, yeah, I mean, we know how special he is and how lucky we are to have him. LeBron overestimated how good these young players were. That's what happened. So in every way, this has been a failed season. There's not even like a silver lining. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard joins Chris Carter and Nick Wright to discuss the turmoil around LeBron and the end of his first season with the Lakers. Well, I think we, we, there were two positives to this meeting that they had with the players and the players-only mm -hmm. meeting. I love the fact that the young guys felt confident enough to voice their opinion. And I love the fact that LeBron accepted it. That's, that's a positive. It shows he respected those guys. So... Look, it's obviously a failed season. There's no question. But injuries, no three-point shooting, you know, Anthony Davis. Coaching, it's a, it's, all of it. Well, yeah, obviously Luke's going to be gone. So it's a failure. But at best, nobody, I don't think you even thought they were getting to the finals. No. So – at, at best, it, we knew it was an experimental season. But I thought they would. In. But I thought they would make progress, and I thought they'd get ex playoff experience, and I thought we would learn something more about the young guys. And that's the other the the, the sidebar story too: the LeBron injury and the Anthony Davis stuff, and uh, the, the bad coaching. Is what do we know about Lonzo going into year three that we didn't know going into year two? I don't, I don't know anything. What do we Other know? Than he's a, he was a pretty good defender. Right. What do we know about Ingram that we didn't know going, in, going into year four, that we didn't know going into year three? I'm not sure, except for he has a major health issue, not just an injury, a health issue. What do we know about Kuz that we didn't know going into this year that we do now? So we, you didn't even gain information. You didn't gain experience. You didn't gain information. You didn't gain continuity amongst the team. You did gain a legitimate, for the first time in his career, concern about LeBron's durability, which has never been a question mark for him or for any team he's been on. So in every way, this has been a failed season. There's not even like a silver lining. Well, at least that midseason trade we made, we know you actually gave away your young good center for nothing. There, there, there's no part of this season that you can hold on to and say, okay, this makes me feel better. I, I know you're a LeBron fan, but I've been a fan of Lakers for a long time. And there's some really diehard Lakers fans. I'm going to give them a silver lining. I never thought Luke Walton was a championship coach. Okay. So we got rid of the coach. So at least we can move on. So if we are going to have a parade, I didn't think Luke was going to be up there as the coach of the Lakers. So at least we moved on to that aspect. And I do believe that the coach they're going to hire will have an influence because I believe it will be Ty Lue. And Ty Lue has known through the basketball analytics and everything, he knows, even though they in Cleveland it took them a couple times to be able to get it right, they know the type of players that need to be around LeBron. So even if you say, Palink, I don't know if he can do it. Magic, don't know if he can do it. The silver line is they got rid of the coach. I believe the next coach is going to be Ty Lue, and I know that Ty understands. Now, if they don't have the players, 
Because I know Ty. You know Ty will. It would have been obvious that Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson are not fit out for this job if they put together a roster like they did similar to this year's roster. And it's not just that Ty Lue knows the players that need to be around LeBron. He knows the style that a LeBron James team has to play. Now, maybe it'll be different at the end, at the very end of his career, that he's going to have to change the way he plays. But for the Lakers to be successful next year, you know what LeBron's going to have to be? LeBron, which is ball dominant, run the offense See, through I, him. I don't think that – I think it's at this point in his career, I don't think he can – first of all, that will put more wear and tear on him if he's ball dominant. I think they need to talk to LeBron about being more like a traditional small forward. I think he could challenge for the league scoring title as a small forward. He can give you 30 – Nine rebounds. He's going to get his six, seven assists just because right. he's such a great passer. Mm -hmm. But have him on the block a little, getting the ball on the elbow, on the wing. I don't think – because it also would make it easier for other players to play around LeBron. Like, if you want to go after a Kimball Walker. Okay. Kimba mm -hmm. with LeBron playing the way LeBron's always played, it's not going to work. What, Kyrie? Why not? Hold on. But Kyrie but – it worked with Kyrie. Kyrie was a better shooter off the, off the ball than Kimba is. So That's Ky a good point. and Kyrie's a better player. Like I, they weren't a perfect fit, but Kyrie was so good and LeBron was so good that it could work. Like I don't think at this stage of his career, LeBron can be the system and lead a team to a championship. See, and I and I think that unless they have a total roster renovation this offseason, that you are going to have to rely on LeBron to be the system for one it's more. Not, year. It's not going. It's it, it's going to wear him out at 35 years of age, and you're not going to win. You're not going to beat five-man teams. He had trouble doing that in his prime. You know, beating five-man teams that move the ball, guys can shoot. It's not it, – he needs to be more a part of a system. And that would – like I said, it, it, guys know their roles more. I don't have to wonder, am I bringing it up? Is LeBron bringing it up? Okay. If I'm a point guard and LeBron's bringing it up now, now I got to adjust on that possession to something else. So I, I just think it would be easier – for other guys to fit around. Let's go back to this this players-only meeting that they held. Obviously, one of the big issues that was brought up was the body language of LeBron James throughout. There was a specific stretch of the season, and you said he responded pretty well to that. How big of an issue is that? How big of a deal is that? I mean, look, obviously it's bothersome when a guy is, you know, having all that negative body language when you make mistakes. Some of it's going to happen, and mm -hmm. some of it should happen. You know, when guys make mistakes sometimes, but it can't happen all of the time. But he, the problem is when you're no longer winning, it's yep. an issue. We saw mm -hmm. it with Michael Jordan. His last year in Washington was very similar to this. When younger players who had grown up idolizing Michael Jordan couldn't stand him because he, he led the same way he did in Chicago. Yep. He just wasn't, he wasn't leading you to championships right. anymore. Now, LeBron, we'll see next year. You know, is he, you know, can he lead a team? How far can he lead a team? But if you're not going to win, that stuff's going to be an issue. If, if you're winning, the players just deal with it. And listen, this has been who LeBron is, for good or for bad, his whole career. And I know you've talked to people close to LeBron, as have I. And those people, some of his closest confidants and friends, get on him about this. Right. And have told him. And he says the same thing to them he said to those guys. I know. I got to be better. I'll be better. And for some reason or not, he just can't help himself. Well, That's sometimes he's moody and that translates on the court. Right. And, and so the, the, the passive aggressive or the this thing that he does, that is the palms up looking like, how, how could you do that? That will be 
part of him on the court till he retires. Your point is the reason that you it has not been a storyline, hasn't been a players-only meeting, is because the teams have been en route to 50-plus wins, right. a, a deep playoff run every year to go along with it, so you deal with it. But it is it is the least attractive thing on the basketball court he does. It's the most, it's like, come on. It, it makes you look like you're being a bad teammate because in the moment you are being a bad teammate, which it goes against his style of play, but it is something that since his rookie year, He's been doing this, and so I don't think he's going to change in year 17. Well, he's going to have to make adjustments. All human beings are making adjustments. I mean, if, if he is who he is, if he did listen to him, he will make adjustments because you're always evolving. And the, for LeBron to think that, man, from a leadership standpoint, I have it all together. No, and if the Lakers are going to get the best out of him, he's going to need to adjust because Anthony Davis does not have that type of personality. And they trade for him. That's not what he is signed up to see in LeBron's face. Kawhi is not trying to have it. Kyrie Irving, that's one of the reasons why he left Cleveland. So, LeBron, you need to play with other guys. I know you're the only child and everything, and only children can be special in their own little way. But he needs to keep evolving just like other people do. Well, the successful people I know, they're waking up every day and they're trying to make adjustments of how I can get better. And if LeBron wants to look at how he can get better next year, he doesn't have to be that demonstrative on the sideline all the time. And the way it affects players is, and this is what people miss out on, it might not affect me that much, but someone who loves me, my mom, my wife, my brothers and sisters, they're like, man, how you let that dude do that to you? Right. And all these kids, typically, they've been the man wherever they've been. They've been the one being demonstrative. So it affects your home life. Forget about the locker room. Man, you get to your car after the game, your girl looking at you like, man, what's up with him? Well, with I, President Obama joked to Mario Chalmers about it. Remember? Right. Yep. Like it was, yep. I mean, it was, I mean, that was a decade ago at this point, but it was, it, everyone notices. And so your point that people that around you are going to say, why do you let him do you like that? Like, what can you do? What position does it put those players in? It's a great point. Next, John Horse explains why Giannis should be this season's MVP. John, if someone told you back in October your team is going to have the best record in the NBA with a couple days left in the regular season, what would you have said? Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I knew, agree. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Real, are you surprised with where you guys are and how you've mani managed to take what you did last year and build so far upon it that you're in this position towards the end of the regular season? Maybe surprised that we're the best team in the NBA, best record, uh, where we're at at this point in the season. But the fact that we were going to improve, that we we're going to take steps forward, doesn't surprise me at all. We had some great off-season additions, and starting with Coach Budenholzer, some of the roster things with Pat Connaughton and Brooke Lopez and Dante DiVincenzo. So, and Giannis has taken a tremendous step, and so not surprised that we've improved. Can you take us through some of the processing? Because you guys thought you had some good pieces. You made some good decisions, but none better than when you had the opportunity because that was a coveted job as far as Milwaukee. <clears throat> but when you got Coach Bud there, what did it unlock? Because there was something you potentially sensed in the interview that this is the guy. Yeah, so Chris, I mean, we knew we had the best job. We, with Giannis as, as the player okay. in, in, in the roster that we had, we lost to Boston in a seven-game series. Uh, we knew we had the best job. And so we were really 
uh, intentional and diligent in our process. And spending time with Bud, it was clear that he was going to be able to unlock the talent in our roster. Uh, from an offensive perspective, defensively, he was really focused on improving our rebounding. You know, we went from one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA last year to the best team, rebounding team in the NBA this year. Um, so we really felt like we could take big steps offensively and defensively. And he just style of play would fit having a guy like Giannis that can create so much space and so much opportunity for everyone else on the team. Bud would be the right coach for that. Well, and you also saw, <clears throat> listen, that Atlanta Hawks team that won 60 games yeah. had a lot of really nice players, but did not have a superstar. Paul Millsap, Al Horford are nice players. Corver was having an amazing year. I think they had five all-stars. But to be, bring that template to a team with arguably the best player in the league, now all of a sudden you have a real championship formula, but that needed Giannis to take the next step. Giannis has improved every single year of his career. He has gotten bigger. First few years, he was actually still growing height-wise, yeah. and now he's gotten bigger bulk-wise. When you saw Giannis this offseason, after coming off what was an all-NBA caliber season, did you see this year coming from him? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's progressively gotten better every single year, physically, like you said, from a skill set. Uh, Bud is the right coach for him, so we have the right system. We've put in the right talent around him, and he's he's really improved in every area. Giannis has career highs almost across the board. Mm -hmm. His stats across the board are top 20 in the league from offensive and defensive metrics, and in every category. And the guy's only playing 33 minutes a game. You know, he's I think he's the only player in the league in history to average 26 and 12 or 26 and 13 in less than, 30 in less than 33 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable what he's doing right now. And so, yeah, I mean, we know how special he is and how lucky we are to have him. We know where his numbers are. We also know John, uh, where Harden's numbers are right now. Make the case for Giannis being this year's MVP. Yeah, to me, it's really clear. So most valuable player uh, to a team. We've got the best team. We, we've, we've beaten Houston twice. Uh, we've got the best team in the East, the best team in the league right now, record-wise. Uh, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But Giannis, offensively and defensively, is dominating this league. He's he's averaging 26 and 13, like we just said. He's also the only guy that's averaging uh, over a block and a steal a game to add on to those stats. And so, offensively, he has a significant impact on our team. And defensively, he dominates the league as well. Can you take us in um, with Giannis potentially being the face of the NBA? We hear about how much weight gain he's added. We hear about him adding strength in the weight room. Take us through like a day in, in Giannis because we know superstars, but he's very, very different in his day-to-day -day approach in trying to um, be the best player that he can be. He's a pretty simple guy, and I've, I'm, I'm blessed that I've been nailed around him for a long time now. Um, he, he loves his family first, so he's family first. He comes to work early. He stays late. And he goes back and spends time with his family. And so he's, he's, he's all family in basketball, and it's, it's not much more complicated than that. There are some great, maybe apocryphal Giannis stories <clears throat> from his early time in the league. There's the story of when he first tasted smoothies that he then tweeted about, him taking food home to go that he couldn't believe was free, him sending. The, the, the story I want to know if it's true is, and if it is, if you can elaborate on it, did he really send all his money home one day? And then have to run to the stadium back and catch a ride with a team with a fan. And if not, do you have a great Giannis story to share with us? <laughs> I don't know if I'll comment on that one specifically, but um, <laughs> I'll, he'll probably get a little upset at me at this. But so Giannis, we, we basically had to teach him how to drive. I mean, he had spent some time driving a little bit when he was in Europe, um, obviously illegally. But uh, when he came to the U.S., uh, a couple of the guys that I worked with, we had to spend time with him teaching him to drive. So we're on the way to his place. He's driving my car. I'm riding. It's not a, a driver's ed vehicle, and he. Um, He's like just doesn't even break to go into a left-hand turn. So we're going about 30 miles an hour, and he just makes this left turn. I'm like freaking out, like grabbing him, trying to get the break. Um, 
so he he's uh he's an unbelievable guy again for us to have him in Milwaukee and for us to to have him this entire time has been great and, and the things that he's doing is really special knowing the person he is makes it even more special we'd be remiss if we didn't <laughs> ask about his ankle how it's doing what what your what your game plan is for the next couple of days and for the remainder of the season with him yeah Jenna great great question he's he's fine he's going to be fine um, the ankle he's he's just kind of re-injured it here a few times kind of stepping on feet bad luck and so really we just need to get the strength up and so he may play tonight um, if not he'll he'll definitely play on this I would imagine I would he wants to probably play right oh Heading yeah no he's, playoffs. he's extremely hard guys to, to rest or to, to hold out for any reason um, and now he does have a real ankle issue and so we've got to be very careful with so, that Giannis has been very very consistent as far as he wants to be in Milwaukee he doesn't want to play with anyone else don't want to chase rings and everything he wants to bring a championship to Milwaukee how do you go? Is it too early to start talking about Giannis and his future in Milwaukee with him being so open about this is my home? You mean with him is it too early? Yes. To no, we, we talk every day. We have open dialogue and, and he's a part of like he's a resource. He's a resource to building this team. Coach Budenholzer is a resource to building this team. So Giannis and I talk about the roster. We talk about the types of guys that he wants to play with, the types of fit that we want to have. And, and no, we, we talk every day. And I would imagine part of that, part of the reason you guys do something like sign Eric Bledsoe to an extension is not only because he's having a great year and he's been awesome, but to show the investment, to show that, listen, we are not going to let one of your best teammates get away from us this offseason or in a future offseason. And we are trying to build something sustainable in Milwaukee. I would argue not that different than what they built in San Antonio. That's the model I think the Bucks are probably looking for. Smaller market, superstar that doesn't necessarily need all the attention in the world, but might be the best player in the world, like what they had with Duncan. But the things those Spurs teams did, obviously, was win championships, was make deep playoff runs seemingly every year. In the Eastern Conference, which team do you think is the toughest matchup? What's the, having watched this team all year, what's the team that you think presents maybe the most trouble for you guys? Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, we got to get out of the first round, uh, something that we haven't done in 17 years here in Milwaukee. And so um, that, that first round series is going to be tough. I mm -hmm. think it, Orlando and Miami and Charlotte and those, in Brooklyn who we play tonight, those teams are battling and they're all playing well. If we're lucky enough to do that and we're able to get out, you know, you're into a second round that's really, really good. Boston may be underachieved a little bit at points this year, had some injury issues, but a team that beat us in seven games last year, uh, Philadelphia with all the talent they have and in, in the way that they're playing, I think it could be extremely tough. And then Toronto's the, team, Toronto's the best team. They've had the best uh, sustained success left in our conference um, to this point. And so I think no matter who we play, it's going to be a tough matchup, and I think we'll, we'll be ready for it, though. Are you guys kind of worried about the mash unit that has become your team in the last week or two? You guys are pretty beat up at, <laughs> at not the best time to She's be going back beat to injuries. Up. I'm yeah. sorry. I just want I want you to be healthy yeah. and happy hitting, <laughs> I would, hitting that stride for the playoffs. But you guys are pretty beat up. Yeah, no, we are. So last night we had seven guys out with injury. Yeah. Um, that's over 50% of our roster, basically. And so... For us, um, I think we're being cautious. We have real things that are going on, but I think everyone has real things that are going on at this point in the season. Sure. We're fortunate that we have a three-game lead in the Eastern Conference right now, three-game lead overall to have the number one seed. It's so a little bit of a cushion. Yeah, so we have a little cushion, and so we can be cautious and, and, and careful with these things. If we were playing Game 7 of the NBA Finals today, we probably have six guys that were healthy yesterday. And so um, I think we're managing it. We're taking care of the guys that have real issues, and we're trying to get through it and, and get us to the point where when we start the playoffs, we're as healthy as possible. You, you opened the door for me there, so I'm going to walk through it. Speaking yeah. of the NBA Finals, if you guys get there, if you get through all those checkpoints that you mentioned, how does this team match up with Golden State? Yeah, I think you know we've had, if you look at what we've done over the last couple of years, not just this year, we've played Golden State tough. Um, 
they're the best team. They're the reigning champion. Uh, it would be an unbelievable opportunity to play those guys and a challenge to play those guys if we could do that. But I think we match up well. I think we have the best player in the league in Giannis. I think he's the MVP. I think he's the def defensive player of the year. And I think if you have the best player, you always have a chance. And so start with that. We have a great coach. And Giannis has a great supporting cast that fits him. We have an all-star in Chris Middleton. I think Eric Bledsoe could have been an all-star. And so I think we have as much talent and as well coached as anyone in the league. And I think we have the best player. Tell us about the Fiserv form, your new arena. Tell yeah. us about it a little bit. No, Fiserv is awesome. So we, we've had 33 sellouts this year. Um, our average attendance is actually over capacity. We've been selling standing room only tickets all season. Nice. Uh, it's got great sight lines. It's it's great concourse and food, which all the fans love. It's it's been a really who came really up great. with the court design. The court. I like that. Yeah, the colors on the court and everything. It's really yeah. Nice. The marketing side, Dustin Godsey and Peter Fagan, who runs our team, uh, the team president, they do a great job with that stuff. We actually have three courts. Uh, yeah. Three different kind of variations. Or we've played on three different variations throughout the throughout the last year and a half. And so they do some fun stuff with the courts and jerseys, and it's been great. And this was a big deal for you guys in that community. I remember when they did the mm -hmm. ribbon cutting or the groundbreaking. Yeah. It was a big deal. But to have the right timing when you when you f get arena funding passed, you don't know what the team's going to be like. You know, years down mm -hmm. yeah, the road. Yeah, yeah. But to have Fiserv Arena come into play at the same time, Giannis and this season's happening for you guys from the non-basketball, just the business perspective has to be ideal timing. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been an unbelievable ride to just to see the way that Milwaukee's grown, the mm -hmm. downtown area, uh, the arena itself, the developments around it, uh, and to have a team that's number one in the league and have a player like Giannis, and again, a team that's coached by Bud, it's, it's been really a lot of fun to be in the downtown area. It's been exciting covering you guys this season. You, yeah. A fun team with a, with a really bright playoff future, and we're really excited, so thanks so much for being yeah, here. Yeah, thank, thank you guys. You so and good yeah, luck thank to you. you. Yeah, thank you. Following that, Steven Jackson joins Skip and Shannon to unpack LeBron's leadership skills and negative body language and whether or not that contributed to the fall of the Lakers. Steven Jackson. Mm. Steven, what do you make of this report? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. First, I want to say um, I want to send condolences to Nipsey Hussle and his family. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. He was a big part of the culture, did a mm -hmm. lot for his community, and uh, I just want to send love to his family at this time. God rest his LeBron James. I think people still picking, like, mm -hmm. okay, we all know during the season he wasn't the def defensive player that we know. Um, a lot of times when teams lose, they magnify everything. True. And that's what they're doing now. Um, it feels good to know that the young guys had the, the guts to call him out. I think that's the positive side of it. Guys did call him out because a lot of times when you have the star player, guys that's not the star don't have the room to call players out. But I like the fact that the guys had the guts to do it now. Did it help anything? Obviously, it didn't. <laughs> Did they do it at the right time? Obviously, they didn't. But anything that's coming in about LeBron or about the Lakers right now, I think most of it's made up because they've been waiting his whole career to find stuff to pick on or find stuff to point the finger at. I think that's all they're doing right now. None of it holds any weight. They're already The season's already over for them. Let's, let's uh, focus on what they're going to do next this summer. I think everybody's making stuff up now. It's true. LeBron has always had the, the body language because when you're a great player, it's hard for you to see anything but greatness. And so what you don't realize is that everybody can't be like you. You make it seem easy. I mean, you're doing things like, oh, man, it's so easy. And then the simplest, pass, the simplest of passes you make, mm -hmm. and the guy lets it go out of bounds, you're like, dude, what are you doing? But, bro, they're not like you. Mm -hmm. They're not 400 LeBron Jameses. Mm -hmm. There are not 10 LeBron Jameses. Right. But great players have a hard time understanding they do. that. I agree. And so when he does something or he passes the ball and the guy misses a wide open shot. <sighs> Look, you see, 
There, yeah. there we go again. Tim Duncan didn't do that. Yeah. Tim Duncan had no expression. Was he alive? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he, had, he had no emotion, so I didn't know if he was upset. I didn't know if he was mad. He was happy. He was. I didn't know what he was going on with. Always that even kill. He, he, he was the same way. <laughs> but it tells you something because LeBron is used to. That's why I like veteran players mm-hmm. because he knows the expectation level. And these young guys now, they're more in the Fortnite and doing all this on the gram and doing all this other stuff. And LeBron James, yeah, I know Skip. He got a hundred. He got a hundred irons in the fire. But guess what? The Hollywood that, fire. That biggest yeah. fire, that big bond fire, that five alarm, it burns on the basketball court. And he wants that. Now, you ain't followed the gram last night. He had a, a cool's over. Hmm. Had a nice bottle. Chateau. Lafitte Rothschild. Good stuff. Never heard of it. Shared it with his home boy. Shared it with his boy. What you know about that five alarm? DJ Day. Now, does that strike you as someone that's standoffish, that doesn't want to be around his teammates? Had the man over to his crib. Had a nice bottle. Mm. Or that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Lafitte Rothschild. Look it up. I've never good, heard good that. stuff. Man, you know about too much of that stuff. You know what's Skip? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, I mean, he, does, he does something a little good. He doing too much of that. <laughs> I do agree with you about great players. And if I may invoke the name of Michael Jeffrey Jordan, he had the same hard time, especially early in his career. <laughs> Now, he wouldn't go sit at the end of the bench, but he would scowl and he would mm. No, he just socked people in the eye like he did Steve Kerr, like he did Reed. Practice. That's what I'm saying. He Practice. socked him in his eye. Okay, but he'd scowl. Like, what are you doing? He would do that. Yeah, he would do that. Yes. But he would also back it up when it was his time to back it up because he didn't miss late-game free throws and he didn't quit on defense. Stop so, it, Skip. Well, well, no, but that's the problem. That's, that's, that's what opens the door mid-year because, remember, you, you're talking about they, they called it, they had the guts to call out LeBron, but the, the kids, he, he tried to send them out to New Orleans. So that's, this is right in the wake I of that. I'm going to get something, Skip. Okay? okay, I got you. But they're all, they're, they're just sideways about this, you know? And so then they want LeBron to back it up and be great for them as opposed to being all critical of them on the floor. And what, what gets me about this, they lost at New Orleans and they had a day off, so they have this reported team meeting. And I'm, again, I'm sure it happened. And I'm with you. I do like it that they stood up to him and said, well, come on. What about your body language? Right. You, at least you could stop that part. Mm-hmm. Did it work? How did they all respond the next night at Memphis? Not well. It, it, didn't, it didn't work on the court because they lost to a pretty below-average Memphis team. I know they rise up at home occasionally and have a big game. But that was, and I don't want to beat the dead horse on this or pile That's on. That's exactly what you that, want to do. But that was the game in which I call for all that video where at Memphis he played no defense. It was like completely embarrassing. It was the most embarrassing defensive game of LeBron's career. He just quit on defense. He wouldn't go. Remember, he was just watching people run by him. Yeah, his guy was really, making open threes. Yeah, he looking around. On. He's just looking around like, I don't, I'm not into this. And they lost another game. So whatever happened in that team meeting didn't exactly detonate them to greatness the right. next night at Memphis, and right? Let, let me tell you what this is really about. LeBron looked at the Lakers, and when you're playing from the outside, you might think something, and then you get there, and it's entirely different. LeBron overestimated how good these young players were. That's what happened because you remember, oh, he got next. Oh, this guy right here can do this. Oh, I love all that. Okay. 
But for, for a imagine, while, I think they were all living up. When you have for the, the first fourth, all the way up through Christmas. Stax, you know this. You might have a perception of a player because you see him once or twice a year. And then when you actually get an opportunity to play with the player, mm -hmm. you see his practice habits. You see his study habits. And then you start to see, oh, I see why you haven't taken that next step. Now, I'm not saying this is like that, but something is going, there's something that, that has happened or that hasn't happened. They should, well, how good should they be? When we look at it, LeBron, okay, LeBron, you say LeBron is not the same guy. 27, 8, and 8 doesn't have the same meaning in the Western Conference as it does the Eastern Conference. But I just need to know when are these guys going to take the next step? When is Ingram, when is Lonzo, when is Kuzma going to take the next step? Okay, but speaking of sevens and eights, all I care about is LeBron James and the games he played in is 28 and 27 yes. this year. Yes. 28 and 27. So he's one game over 500. Mm -hmm. Is that about overestimating the kids, or is that about him in year 16 just not being quite as good as he used to be? It's, quite, about, it's about him being in the Western Conference. Yeah. Right? He wasn't expecting that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, I mean, let that sink in. Let that sink in for us. So you heard what Skip said? Skip said he's not as good as he once was. He's third in assists, he's fifth in score, and he is he's not in year 16, and he's not the player that he once was. Yeah, the only difference to me is the conference. He hmm. realizing that the 28 West and is a 27 says he's not having the impact that he had in these. Let me ask you a question. True. Let me ask you a question. Flip him. Put Kevin Durant on the Lakers, put LeBron up in Golden State. A Golden State record worse or better with LeBron? Is the Lakers record with KD minus LeBron better or worse? Golden State's record would be worse with LeBron. Steph Curry would have 500 threes and Clay would have 400. <laughs> Who do they lean on when they get in trouble? They would never get in trouble. 35. Is I was a good. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never get in trouble. Yeah. My brother got in trouble. I kept him in trouble they, with my they, grandma. They have the best clothes in the game. KD is the best mm -hmm. clothes in the game right now. Oh, hold on, hold on. Didn't KD miss that free throw? Do, do you think if KD had started with the Lakers this year, this team misses the playoffs? I know there are injuries, so it's hard to factor all of it in, but come on. If LeBron, if LeBron would have started with Golden State, you think they wouldn't have 60 wins by now? <laughs> oh, I mean, come on now. There, there could be some drama king going Does on. Does he? There you go. See what he did again? Uh, <laughs> Even with fans going good, 60 wins, it's I, I a don't drama do going it. He does it. No, he ain't do nothing. Yeah. Not the, the man on the shelf. Mm. The man on the shelf. You got what you wish, you skip, Bailey. I didn't he wish the for him. I, the last thing I wanted him to be was on the shelf. No, no, no. Yeah, you didn't want He's him. Not, he, like you said, out of sight, out of mind. He ain't going to bother nobody until, you know, he's going to take these next couple of weeks off, going to get ready to shoot a movie. But come fall, that energy come fall. I want you to have the I energy. I wish you'd get ready to shoot some free throws. <laughs> you go. Yeah, that too. Come on. That too. I want that energy that you got right now and how everybody's, ooh, look at LeBron. Okay. Oh, LeBron down for the first time in 13 years. I said that weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Eight straight trips to the finals. Mm -hmm. Normally, he plays until June 8th. This By year, winning the Eastern Conference. All eight. You never said, it, you never said anything. Hold on. How did Jordan win his finals? What conference was he in? Okay, but they totally were flipped. Yeah, no. the, 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 the world was yeah, flipped on, on its okay. head. Okay. The East was stronger okay, than the West. Okay, how about this here? What about when Magic went to nine finals in 12 years? How was the West then with Seattle? Was that, were they strong? What about the Dallas Mavericks? Were they good? What about Sacramento? Were they good? I just need to know all these good teams in the West. When Magic Johnson went to nine in 12 years, can somebody answer me? I just need an answer to that. The only Nobody problem, said the West was weak then. The only problem Magic had was Larry Bird in the finals. But that was in the East. Yeah. That was in the East. Mm -hmm. But, okay. The, only the West was ever no. weak. The West was never weak. Hold on. Did you see Magic? Well, how you go to 12, nine finals in 12 years with a strong conference? You're just good. 
Oh, but LeBron bad. You see what I'm just saying? You, you, Eastern Conference is different, Shannon. You know that. The, it, it, was di it was different now than then, right? Yeah. Oh, you see what you did? Yeah, the Western Conference was, was always good. The Eastern when? Conference was not the good when LeBron when? Last, last eight years. So Supersonics was good at one point in time. They had a in Hall of 70s. Famous. In the 70s. They had a Hall of Famous. Who? Gary Payton? You named one guy. But Gary, Payton, but Gary Payton, but Gary Payton, one of the best shooters of all the time, Ellis, one of the best shooters you have, uh, one of the best defenses. Uh, uh, he's a coach now for the Pacers. Mm -hmm. McMillan, one of the yep. best defenders in the game. He yep. has some players on that team now. Hey, they had Detlef Don't let, just give me a little time. I run it down. I to just you. have to say that <laughs> I love Dallas. <laughs> Are you willing to sit there and say that the Western Conference with Seattle, with the with uh, Dallas Mavericks, and Denver. Denver? No. That was in the 90s. I was in Denver yep. when Matumbo got there. Yeah. In the 80s, the West was not good. They had two teams. Portland okay. wasn't good? Stop it. Portland wasn't good? Stop it. I'm One Hall of Famer, Clyde Drexler. One. Okay, so what? So what's your point? My point is, I want you to have that same energy okay. when you talk about the West so and Magic you that you have with LeBron okay, and the so East. so Magic rolled through the West uh, the way LeBron okay. used to roll through the East. Okay, so thank you. That. Okay, that's all okay. I need. That's all I want to get that on record. You took Magic you kept to running into Bird in the finals. <laughs> Jeez. Right? Oh, and, and guess what? And LeBron kept running into Golden State in the finals. Because you remember what he did to Kevin Durant when he was in OKC? Cracked his head to the white meat and made him go to Golden State. After he cracked Draymond's head too, made Draymond well, he cry. He didn't make him go to Golden State. Made him go. No, he couldn't do it. Went like five years later. Because you know what? And guess what happened? LeBron owned him 17 and five before he went to Golden State. That's what their record was head to head in Cleveland and Miami when he played Kevin Durant 17 and five. Okay. So, so don't, don't pretend like you're not. Now he's going to link up with three more. I mean, the greatest shooter of all time, a top five shooter in all time, and not everybody thumping and putting their chest out. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.